Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Liverpool, The Dark Paranormal, Season 5. Hello and welcome back to The Dark Paranormal. I firstly want to start today's episode by saying thank you to everyone who reached out following last week's episode, A Honeymoon from Hell. We even had one listener get in touch who believes they have actually stayed in the villa mentioned in last week's episode. And although they didn't encounter the same level of paranormal activity that our couple last week did, they do say the place had a very ominous feeling. This week on The Dark Paranormal, we're going to look at a couple of occasions where, for whatever reason, life decides to throw you a curveball often when you least expect it, and often dragging you down to a deep and dark place. And it's frequent in paranormal tales that paranormal activity seems to focus and feed on people who are in that dark place. But before we get to today's true paranormal experience, I of course need to thank our Patreons. If you enjoy the show and you're willing to support the show moving forward to guarantee future episodes, then why not join our team over at Patreon? Not only will you receive these episodes ad-free and before everyone else, you also receive a Patreon-only show each and every week, Dark Bites, where I take a look at some stories which didn't quite make the main show. But that doesn't make them any less terrifying. So head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal just like these new wonderful members anthony wilmoth kate in the woods elton ashcraft stephanie perez china holcomb chola 54 Teresa thomas dg dempsey rosie holgate adam frisbee isabel lovejoy ishmael fantastic sydney barnes and tessa abernathy thank you so much for joining the team guys and i hope you enjoy the early releases 
and all the extra Patreon content. If you want to sign up to Patreon, head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. And now, lower the lights, make yourself comfy, and most importantly, leave your disbelief at the door as we take a trip to the witch's cellar. Hi, my name's Edward, and I'd like to share my personal paranormal experience with you and your listeners. The new millennium was a new start for me, in every aspect, just not the ones I'd planned. It was 1999, and my then-wife and I had planned lots of new and exciting ventures for the following year. I was leaving the banking industry that I'd worked in for 30 years, and my wife was leaving her office job. We were going to take a year off and do some travelling. Later in life, in comparison to when most feel the urge, but we'd worked hard to thankfully get to the point where money wasn't an issue, and we could pick and choose how we worked. Plus, we'd always wanted to go travelling, and we talked about it for years we just finalised on a new home. Downsizing to get a little bit of extra cash and suit our upcoming life change. And we were planning on saying goodbye to the old house with a big millennium New Year's Eve party. Of course, we had to get Christmas out of the way first. Which was lovely. But the wife, well, she seemed a little distracted. It was two days after Boxing Day that I realised why. I'd come home from a trip to the sales, trying to get some little bits for the new house. Sarah! I shouted as I came in, but there was no reply. There was, however, a note on the coffee table. She'd packed a bag and left. Twenty-four years of marriage gone in an instant. It turned out she was having an affair with someone from work. She said the usual things in the letter, how it wasn't planned and had only been going on for a month, but she knew it was the right decision, and of course, how she never meant to hurt me. Well, tough on that one, Sarah, because I was devastated. Whenever I'd heard of friends' relationships breaking down, you just see two people going their separate way. But when you're in it yourself, your entire world collapses. After 24 years together, you coexist. Everything from breakfast to brushing your teeth at night involves them in some way, shape or form. My life felt ripped away and I just didn't know how to live. Anyone who's experienced this type of breakup will know what I'm talking about, especially when you're the jilted party. However, it is true what they say. Time heals. And you do just need to think positively. When one door closes, another one opens. And all of that stuff. So, after the dust settled, I started to focus on the things I'd wanted to do, but had thought of as a pipe dream when I was married. And the top of that list was to run my own little pub. And so... After working out my budget, I contacted a local estate agent and we began the process of visiting some pubs in the local area. However, very quickly, 
a pattern began to emerge. The pub was either out of my budget and in a lovely area, or within my budget and in an area you wouldn't feel safe walking alone at night. As this was my cash that I was looking to spend, I was quite open with my concerns to the estate agent, so she suggested we started looking at some property auctions. Apparently, on occasion, pubs that had been boarded up for a while would land in the auction house, usually to be bought and converted into apartments, or completely demolished for the land to be built upon. It was at one of these auctions I found my pub, a beautiful 1960s place, well below my budget and in a great location. However, as it had been closed since the 90s, decay and rot and vandalism had all took their toll, and it became evident very quickly that the money I initially thought I'd be saving with the low price would be going straight back into the property to fix her up, and then some. Inside, the place was a beautiful mess. Delicate ceramic tiling covered in graffiti. Wonderfully ornate light fittings with shattered bulbs. Yes, the place needed a lot of work. But I could see the beauty underneath and was excited to begin. The cellar, surprisingly, needed the least work. All of the plumbing seemed more or less in working order. All of the fittings seemed in good nick. But it was covered in graffiti, though. And, slightly disconcerting at the time, there was a large black spray-painted pentagram on the floor. Two or three candles on some of the points, and other candles seemingly kicked off their original positions and on their side in the corner of the room. However, I'd seen a few abandoned buildings in my time, and this sort of thing... Evil symbols and spooky daubings are found in almost every one, so I didn't pay it much mind. Looking back, maybe I should have. The refurb done, and after moving myself into the room upstairs, I was ready to recruit some staff and officially open. I got together a great team, a really experienced barmaid named Chrissy and two young lads, Brendan and Leon, to get trained up with her and learn the ropes. I also took on a teenage girl called Sophie to do some glass collecting and general running around. And of course, when needed, I would work the bar also. It was the night before the big opening when I first got the sense of something paranormal. There was a small office space just behind the bar, I think, in truth, it was no more than a storage area, but a desk and a PC later, and it done a decent job as my own personal office. It was around 9.30pm, and I was running through some figures when... There was a loud noise from upstairs, like something had been dropped. I raced up but couldn't see anything out of place. There was, however, something different. You see... I'd had the upstairs completely renovated as my living space. Walls were plastered and painted, fresh carpets, a very modern feel. But on the floor, just underneath the hatch to the attic, was plaster dust. 
Looking up, I could see small dots of plaster still floating in the air. I surmised that something had fallen in the attic, causing both the noise and the debris that was now on the floor. So, fetching a stepladder and a torch, I lifted my arms up and jostled the square piece of wood out and up, placing it on the attic floorboards, and I raised my head above. Nothing. A completely empty space. I flashed the torch left and right for a final look around, but no, nothing could have fallen, as there was nothing to fall. That night in bed, I stared up at the ceiling and could faintly hear a repetitive creaking sound. I rationalised it as a natural sound of the house, and although it was exceptionally eerie, I somehow managed to fall asleep. The pub opened and was a hit almost immediately. I was astounded just how quickly it felt like it had been running forever. I had to pinch myself to realise that this was all my doing. My happy mood quickly changed to confusion, however, when Chrissy approached me one afternoon. Sophie said she's not coming back. What? Why? I asked. She reckons one of the lads locked her in the cellar for a laugh. I was raging. How dare they? This was my business, and an act like that could lead to a world of trouble. Thing is, though, Chrissy continued, only Leon was on, and he was out here with me. I went to the cellar to change the gas, and the door was jammed. So I forced it open, and she came out all in tears. Ah, I replied. So it's just a genuine mistake then. The door's closed on her and she thinks it was the lads. Right, let me call her and sort it out. So I went to the office and called Sophie up. Sophie, I think there's been a bit of a mix-up here, love. You see, Sophie cut me off. There's no mix-up. Leon locked me in the cellar. My mum says I should go the police. Sophie, love. I think the door's just closed behind you and jammed shut, that's all. It's an old door. No, he pushed me through the door and slammed it shut. I'm not stupid. She slammed the phone down. Now I was just confused. But thankfully, I could solve this mystery right now by viewing the CCTV cameras that I'd installed. I loaded up the time in question and I could see Leon at the bar. There's Sophie heading to the cellar on a different screen. She opens the cellar door and something pushes her in the cellar and slams the door. She doesn't trip. She doesn't fall. Her head almost whips back as if she took a hard push to the centre of her back. I called Chrissy in straight away. Chrissy, look at this. Tell me what you think. Chrissy sat down and I clicked play. Chrissy put her hand to her mouth and then she visibly shivered like something had walked over her grave. That night I was working in the bar but I couldn't shake the video from my mind. An old guy was sat at the bar 
Halfway through his third pint, he introduced himself as Peter and said, How are you finding it then? I smiled and said, Yeah, good, thanks. Some niggles, but good otherwise. I used to drink here all the time before it shut down. Ah, so this guy was a regular. I wondered if a character like this would pop up, and I was happy he did as I had a few questions about the place. So why did it shut down then? Well, they ran it into the ground, he replied. They started aiming for a younger crowd, you know, dance music and all that. So the regulars stopped coming in. And then they stopped opening of an afternoon and only started opening at night for the youngsters. And then it started getting a bit shabby. Next thing it was boarded up, he said, sipping at his pint. It was never the same since Ted died. Ted? I asked. Aye. Have they not told you about Ted? I just shook my head. Oh, he was a great guy, was Ted. But, well... Let's just say his missus weren't so great. She gave him a dog's life. He hung himself upstairs in the attic in the late 80s. Terrible shame. Then the nightclub idiots took over and it went to the dogs. When it shut down, you had all these weirdos breaking into the cellar every weekend and doing Ouija boards and witchcraft and all that stuff, apparently. Peter drank the last of his drink and wiped his mouth. Another pint, please, landlord, he said. I smiled, but I couldn't help think about the noise from the attic. And, of course, what had happened to Sophie in the cellar. Over the next few months, I got a really uneasy feeling at certain times of the day. It could be a lovely day and I was feeling fine. And then it would feel as though a darkness would be watching me. I'd spin around expecting someone to be there, but every time... There was no one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Then, one day, Chrissy told me she didn't want to go into the cellar alone anymore. I'm unsure whether this was down to the video of Sophie, or if something had happened to herself. But she began calling me whenever anything needed changing or moving. Which was an annoyance, but also, I totally understood. Because even I didn't want to go into the cellar. The next occurrence happened to Leon. And shortly after, we were yet another pair of hands down. Chrissy was sick one day, and therefore Leon opened up. He'd been there a while, and I trusted him, so I gave him the responsibility. I handed him the keys, and I set out to the wholesalers. When I returned about two hours later, Leon was sat in the car park in his coat, the keys in his hand. He was a shaken mess. He could barely get his words out. I'm I'm not staying here. Here's the keys. I'm, I'm not going back in. It began raining, so determined to find out what happened, I offered him a lift home. 
Once we arrived at his house, I stopped the engine, and he'd calmed down somewhat, so I chanced the question. What happened in there, Leon? I said in my softest tone. He stared at the floor. I don't want to talk about it. Listen, Leon, I appreciate that, but, and I chuckled slightly, I have to live there, mate. Also, whoever comes in after you, if you decide not to come back, that is, they have to know what's going on too. He looked up. Well, there was a bang from upstairs. It sounded like it was from the attic. I thought there was someone else in, so I shouted up the stairs. Now already, this sounded far too similar to my experience. When I got to the middle floor, I seen something out of the corner of my eye downstairs. The cellar door was open a bit and something had moved round there. So I stared at it to see if I could notice anything. And a hand came round the corner of the door. I looked at Leon in disbelief. And then it moved back and then the door slammed shut. I paused and looked at Leon. So are you saying there's someone still in there now? He slowly shook his head. No, because as I went to run out, the door flew open. I froze, but I looked in, and it was empty. Then there was that noise again from upstairs. So I ran outside and I waited until you got back. My heart was pounding listening to his story. Largely because... This poor lad aside, I bloody live there. Luckily, for the pub at least, Chrissy got a couple of girls she knew to come in and fill in until we recruited, and things turned semi back to normal. Then, one evening, I was sat in the office and Chrissy came in. There's an old woman at the bar. She wants to talk to the owner. I sighed. Is it a complaint or something? I don't think so, Chrissy replied. She just walked straight in up to the bar. Intrigued, I headed out to the bar area, where I was met by a short elderly lady in a brown Russian-type fur hat and matching coat. Can I help you? I'm Edward, the landlord. I gestured to an empty table. She thanked me. I'm Miss O'Brien, she said, and she sat down. Oh, the place looks lovely. You've done really well. Thank you. So, how can I help you? She seemed quite solemn, fidgeting with her gloves. She kept staring at the back of the bar that led to the office and the cellar. Have you had any trouble here? Anything strange? I was a bit taken aback. Why'd you ask? She paused and took yet another glance to the back of the bar. Well, I used to live here with my husband, Ted, she said. Ah, so this was the wife that Peter had talked about, the one who apparently gave Ted a dog's life. Oh, I heard about Ted, I am sorry, I muttered. She smiled. Ted was such a nice man, she said, brushing at nothing in particular on her lap. Again, another glance to the back of the bar. Is there something back there you'd like to see? I asked, showing I was aware of her casual glances. Her eyes lit up. 
Oh, I'd, I'd very much like to see the cellar if that's okay. What a strange request, I thought. It was literally a whitewashed rectangle room with barrels and stock and not much else. Um, yeah, of course, I said, and we stood as I led her through the bar area. I opened the cellar door and she got quite emotional. Oh my, she smiled, putting her hand to her mouth. It's, it's so bright. It's beautiful. She walked down the few steps and crouched down, stroking the floor with her hand. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a mess when I got it, I said. Graffiti, you know, all devil symbols on the floor. She stood and dusted her hands off. Stupid kids, she said, trying to pick locks to rooms that they'd only get lost in. I just smiled and nodded. We used to have proper gatherings here. Ted wasn't keen, of course. He was a staunch Catholic. This was such a strange sentence that I had to ask. What do you mean by gatherings? She just smiled. Oh, just like-minded friends getting together every so often, that's all. None of this symbol stuff you speak of. That must have been the kids embellishing rumours. Everyone likes a haunted house, don't they? She said with a smile. Something about this exchange made me feel very uneasy. Almost nauseous. Do you believe in that type of thing, Edward? I paused. It felt like quite a pointed question. Um, well, we've, we've had a few things that have happened. Probably just getting used to the new noises of the house, though, I smiled. The smile dropped from her face. Edward, she said in a low voice, I know things aren't right here. They've not been right for a long time. I found myself nodding along in agreement. She reached out and held my hands in hers. I should bring my friends here, love, to this cellar. We can make it a nice place to be again. My friends and I have experience in this type of thing. I nodded once more. Though this time, I kind of meant it. Well, what did I have to lose? I was hemorrhaging staff, and I also didn't feel safe in my own home. Applying Pascal's wager... If it worked, everything's better. And if not, I've just let some old people gab in a cellar. No harm done. And so I agreed for her and her friends to come round the following Friday evening after we closed. Two nights before this, I was once again working the bar with Chrissy and Peter came in. A few pints down and I overheard Chrissy talking about the strange happenings in the pub. I'm not surprised said Peter, taking another sip of his drink. Ted's wife started all this, you know, he muttered quietly. My ears pricked up at this and I joined the conversation. Why'd you say that, Peter? Peter looked around and then leant in closer. She was up to all kinds in that cellar. She started it all. That's why the kids would break in in the 90s. They'd had all the stories from their parents. What stories... I asked as both Chrissy and I huddled in closer. Well, Ted ran the pub, but she fell in with a right weird crowd. They started having psychic nights here and the like in the 70s. She reckoned she could talk to the dead. Anyway, 
more and more weirdos started showing up. And then they moved it all to the cellar, whatever they were up to. Even Ted wasn't allowed in. That's when he started to go downhill. She had a proper hold over him. The pub would shut on a Friday night and as you walked out, there'd be a group of about 12 weirdos round the back waiting for his missus to let them into the cellar. Witches, we call them. Proper weirdos. I stood and digested this for a few seconds. The office phone went off and Chrissy went to answer. She came in the other day, Peter. I said, rubbing my chin. She wanted to see the cellar. You're joking, said Peter with a shocked expression. No, no I'm not. And I've said she can come round this Friday with a few mates so she can try and get rid of whatever's here. Peter put his pint down slowly. Ed, you can't allow it, mate. Whatever's here is here because she's brought it here. She just wants back at it with her mates. Chrissy tapped me on the shoulder. Miss O'Brien's on the phone for you. Thoughts raced through my head as I answered that phone. Hi, Miss O'Brien, I said. She sounded irate and out of breath. Edward, I meant to say, there's a nuisance of a drunk who'll no doubt come in spreading lies about me and Ted. Peter's his name and you need to be careful with him. Don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. I was speechless. It was as if she'd been present and had heard the last ten minutes of conversation. Uh, thanks, Mrs. O'Brien. I'll keep an eye out for him. Good, she snapped back. So, we're still okay for Friday? I thought I needed more time for all this to sink in, so I replied, Oh, if you don't mind, we'll have to push that back to the Friday after, I'm afraid. Silence from the other end of the phone. Yeah, I've got someone coming out to look at the electrics this Friday, and but the Friday after will be fine. Again a long pause, and then she said in a very smiley voice, Oh, next Friday's perfectly fine, Edward. Enjoy your evening, darling. And she hung up. I stood holding the receiver for a few seconds in silence. Chrissy ran in. Phone an ambulance. Peter's just collapsed at the bar. Peter had suffered a big angina attack, but luckily he survived and was hospitalised for observation only. Meanwhile, I was at my wit's end. I was convinced, as far-fetched as it sounds, that Ms O'Brien had caused Peter's attack. My anxiety was also through the roof, thinking I'd invited a group of occultists into my home. I needed a break a few days to sort my head out. So I left Chrissy in charge and headed to the Peak District to a nice bed and breakfast for two nights. My first morning waking up was when I got the call. Someone had broken into the cellar. A fire had broken out and the pub had burned to the ground. The police blamed youths Apparently they'd broken into the cellar and either purposefully or accidentally started a fire which caught a box of spirits and the blaze had took hold. It's strange how, similar to when my wife left, your routine, the people you talk to on a daily basis, and in this case, my livelihood, can all be gone in an instant. I was insured, of course, and truth be told, part of me, albeit 
a rather small part, was actually quite relieved. To this day, I still can't find a rational reason for anything that took place during my stay at the pub. But I do know that as of now, I am a firm believer in everything paranormal. I had some back and forth with Edward after he sent that story in. Edward, of course, is not the writer's real name. And I asked a few questions around if they ever met the woman in question, Ms O'Brien, ever again, or indeed if they had any other interaction with anyone in the story. But apparently Edward said he was happy to turn his back on the whole affair, and with the insurance money, he moved down south and lived with his daughter. Edward, of course, asked me not to reveal the location of the pub, but I have done some snooping and can see that where the pub once stood, there is now a new-build block of apartments. And I just wonder if anyone who's in those apartments right now is maybe hearing a few creaks or groans around the place, or even if they've had an old woman knock at their door and ask if everything's okay. Well, thank you once more for taking this time to suspend your disbelief with me. Don't forget, if you'd like to double your intake of paranormal shows and also receive these episodes early, head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. So until next week, just remember, if you're discussing the paranormal, give the story a chance and leave your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time on The Dark Paranormal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.